1 Corinthians 12, 18, the Bible declares, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, excuse me, there are many parts, yet one body. I just told my daughter this, that I'm, it, it's so hard to read other translations because I, I quote scriptures. And while I'm quoting them in certain words, that's not in this translation. There are many parts, not members, yet one body. <laughs> the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. 22 declares, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker, everybody shout weaker, are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. 24, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to that part that lacked it. That there may be, everybody shout, no division. No division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity again. I pray, God, that the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart, that they will be acceptable in your sight. Be glorified, my King. God, there's an enemy that desires not to allow this word to go forward, but the devil is absolutely a liar. We curse his assignment now in the spirit realm, every principality, every power, your, your influence is broken over God's people. Now, in the name of Jesus, be glorified, my God and my King. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, let's start here. Um, there is a thought um, by a theologian by the name of Wayne Grudem really appreciate uh, that he calls or terms two-class Christianity, two-class two Christianity. And this idea of two-class Christianity, he says, the recognition of a certain group of Christians against another as better or more spiritual because of a particular attribute or achievement. It's, it's two-class Christianity. You got these Christians over here, but then you got the regular, you know, the ordinary Christians over there. Yeah, yeah. You, you can see it in denominationalism because oftentimes this idea is, you know, oh, we the elite ones. We, we, we got it going on for, for whatever reason because we baptize like this. But them folk over there, they baptize like two-class two Christianity. Uh, sometimes you can see it within the same church. Uh, if you have a call upon your life or you are a preacher, sometimes there is a division between uh, those who are called to minister the Word of God publicly as opposed to those who are not called to serve in that capacity. I mean, real talk. You know, when I come in, they usher me to the front. And while the rest of y'all are hot, I get ice water. Anybody been offered water in here lately? They offered us some. <laughs> Two-class Christianity. Wayne says the problem is that it contributes to we-they mentality in churches. 
which leads to jealousy, pride, and divisiveness. This idea that you have the elite Christians and then you have these other ones over here. And so I'm studying this thing out and I'm like, man, this is good, man. This is good. I see this all over the place. Every church I go to, they got these little two classes. You the high, hierarchy and then you the little one. And then I was, I, was, I was pleased with what I was reading until God showed me two classes in this church. got two classes of Christians in this church. Two classes? Oh, no, God, you got it. No, not, not, not EMCC. Not EMCC. Yeah. There is an unspoken classism amongst the saints. And this two-class Christianity, um, unspoken, but it's based off those who speak in tongues and those who don't. There is an unsaid thought that if you speak in tongues, by default, you're more spiritual than the ones that don't. Y'all going to do me like that, y'all. Okay, okay. If you, if you, if you, if you got a, uh, she coming in a Honda, a hook a Messiah, <laughs> a Mercedes Benz. If you, if, you if you got some tongues, woo, boy, you powerful. But if you don't, and, and, and I'm guilty, I'm guilty, I'm guilty because I'm, I, I had to repent and I'm repent publicly because, because I have said things from the stage to intensify the differentiation between those who speak in tongues and those who don't. I've said things like, if you got a prayer language, speak in it now. Now, 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 I want you to hear it from the ones who speak in tongues and from the ones who don't. The, the ones who speak in tongues, when I say, if you got a prayer language speaking in it now, they're like, oh, we finna go in up in this mug. The ones that don't speak in tongues be like, well, I guess I'm just going to sit here <laughs> and watch the rest of them. So I issue a challenge, and in their minds, it's, it's like a play of, Maybe I'm not as spiritual as the one that's able to carry out what the man of God. This idea is birthed from the book of Acts chapter number two, when the spirit of God manifested and rested himself on the church. Uh, the Bible declares, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. L let, me, let me say it how it really is. The Spirit of God rested upon the saints, and he chose to manifest one out of 26 gifts that he gives and because we saw the one that he manifested, we said within ourselves that the only way we know you got him is that you got to manifest this one gift when he got 25 other ones. So is it a real, oh, hold on, I heard you, I heard you, I heard you, because some of y'all like, and you, and you like me, come from denominational backgrounds where um, you, 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 don't, you don't have the Holy Ghost until you speak in tongues, or some extremes, you ain't even saved until you speak in tongues. So you stay over there, and I came from a Tarian background. <laughs> you understand? Watch this, watch this. The folk that got it, they, they standing over you. Come on and get it like I got it. Get it like I got it. 
And you sitting on that G G G G G G G G G G G G G G How many G G G Gs up? Come come on, don't play, don't play, don't play. And let me tell you something. I ain't even tripping over, ta- but the tr- you want to know the truth, you want to know the truth, you want to know the truth. I still tarry to this very day, but I understand the revelation. It's just meditative prayer. Come on, somebody. If you call on his name, he will show up. <laughs> That's all it is. Because I was tripping one time. I said, God, this, we, ain't, we ain't got to tarry. Why you keep showing up like this? I heard God say one time, I, I can't help but to respond to my name. That's what I heard him say to me. So you had the older saints over you talking about, come on, get it. You got to get it. You got to get it like the Bible say, get it. And so they're referring to Acts chapter number two where the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they all began to speak in tongues. Here's my, here's my challenge because some of the dogmatic teaching that I heard was that you, you are not filled unless you speak in tongues. And in some extreme cases, again, you don't even have the Holy Ghost or you're not even saved until you speak in tongues, here's my challenge. Bible never says that. You will not find one scripture from Genesis to Revelation that declares that if you do not speak in tongues, you are not saved or you don't have the Holy Spirit. Ain't in there. So here's the next thing that you could possibly do. You could make this argument. You could, you could make this argument that every time the Holy Spirit fell, People spoke in tongue. You could make that argument if that was the case, that every time the Spirit of God failed or people were filled, they spoke in tongue. You could make that case, but here, here's my problem. Here's my problem. My problem is Luke chapter number 1, verse number 67. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he didn't speak in tongue, but he prophesied. Elizabeth was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, and she, she just began to praise God. Acts 4.31, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they didn't speak in tongue. They spoke the word of God more boldly. Acts chapter number 9, verse number 17 to 18, Ananias laying his hands on him said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't speak in tongues. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Now we do know every time the Spirit of God rested upon them that some type of supernatural manifestation would happen, but it wasn't always tongues. And we got folk walking around today as if they are an inferior Christian because they hadn't spoken in tongues when the Spirit of God is highlighting other gifts on the inside of you and you feel less than because they said, Out of 26 gifts, if you don't get this one, I don't care if you got all 25 other ones. If you don't get this one, then you ain't on our level. So what I want to deal with first, let's deal with the idea of just spiritual gifts in, in, in general. What is, this, what is this all about, these empowerments, these enablements that the Holy Ghost of God gives to us? The Apostle Paul writes and gives us an encouragement in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. And I'm telling you right now, it's a whole bunch of... Ignorant teaching that's going on right now concerning the Holy Ghost of God. It's a lot of ignorant teaching. And ignorance is actually, um, uh, it's actually easy to flow in ignorance when you follow tradition unquestioned. Yo, y'all tripping with y'all boy on the day. I ain't said none of y'all. I said it's easy to be ignorant when you follow tradition unquestioned. 
I'm not talking about being a skeptic. I'm talking about if I'm going to rightly transmit information to whether I'm a preacher, teacher, reacher, or I'm just a good parent just wanting my babies to know the truth. If I'm going to rightfully transmit the information, let me do due diligence to check it out myself to make sure that it's actually sound doctrine. And not just teach it just because I was taught to me. My father in the gospel got, got he, he got this little funny story. He says this, this mother, this mother, she used, to, she used to bake cakes on the left side of the oven all the time. Every time she'd get ready to bake a cake, she'd put it in the left side of the oven. And she taught, she taught her daughter how to bake cakes. She said, baby, you always got to put the cake in the left side of the oven. One day, baby girl asked mom, mom, I, I just want to know, I just want to know, why do we always put, what's the, what's the significance of putting a cake in the left side of the oven. And she like, girl, that's how my, that's how my mama taught me how to bake cakes. We, we got to just ask Big Mama. So they go to Big Mama house and say, Big Mama, why did you teach us to put the cake in the left side of the oven? Big Mama said, baby, I never taught you that. The right side didn't get hot good. And there are some of us just transmitting information unchecked because it was traditionally given to us. So let's get an idea of what these spiritual gifts is all about. Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant. Verse number four, he says, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences in, of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operation, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. So in essence, he's saying that there are different gifts and everybody don't have the same gift. And not only are there different gifts, the people with the same gift don't work in it the same. And the people that serve the same gift with the same purpose, God don't speak to you and minister to you the same way. I have a gift of teaching. Everybody don't have that gift. And those of us who are gifted to teach, God don't speak to us the same way as he does everybody else. Different gifts, different way to serve with those gifts and different ways that God actually operates. So he's going to go on to say, verse number seven, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every... Everybody shout, everybody. everybody. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got a gift. You got a gift. He gave every last one of us a gift. Now, you might not know your gift, and I want to help you with that later on. Matter of fact, I don't know, I don't know if this is like a new series, this is a continuation, but I'm going to be talking about spiritual gifts for the next couple of weeks because it's time for you to recognize, embrace, and exercise your gift. So... He says, gifts are given to everybody. If you have the Spirit of God residing on the inside of you, there is a gift that he has already, at least one, that he's already given to you. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Verse number 8, 4, to 1. Everybody shout, to 1. He says, to 1, to 1. To 1 is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another Word of not. So he gives one word of wisdom, but he says to this one over here, you might not have word of wisdom, but to you over here, I'm going to give you word of knowledge by the same spirit. Uh, number nine, verse number nine, to another faith, gifts of healing, workings of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, diverse, diverse kinds of tongues. There, there are 
For those of us who speak in tongues, there are actually different kinds of tongues, just like there are different levels and spheres of discernment. My baby asked me the other day, she said, Dad, what, tell me about the, the, the gift of discernment. And, and it's interesting because that's something that I recently asked God for, and I have a under, better understanding now of what discernment is all about. One phase of discerning spirits, let, let me just show you how this, this, this works. So you have different gifts, you have different ways to serve God, but then you have different operations of that same gift. So me and you, let's say three of us, we have the gift of discernment. Well, one of us, same gift, but the way we use it is I'm able to pick up when the enemy is present. I'm able to pick up when something demonic is manifesting because it ties into deliverance that I have. Then there's another person who discerns, but their discernment is not keen to demonic. Their, their discernment is keen to a move of God because they don't have giftings in deliverance. They have giftings in healing, so they need to know when God is moving so that they can lay hands on the sick. Come on, somebody. Then there are some people that are not really discerning of demonic. They're not even discerning of, the he, uh, uh, of a move of God, but they are able, because of their leadership position, they're able to discern the intents of an individual's heart. They know the real reason why you came in the room. So same gift, but the operation is in three different forms. And if you're one of the ones over here where you operate in picking up on things demonic, you, that, that, there could be this, this misinformation where you uh, 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 lower class everybody else because they use their gift in a different form or fashion. Am I making sense in this place? So working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, diverse kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues. He's going to say verse number 11. But all these work it that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. The spirit of God gives you gifts as he wills. I said the spirit of God gives you gifts as he will. And some of you all are insulting the spirit of God in you because you are rejecting the gift he gave you. And you have gift envy of somebody else. You do know gift envy is a, I mean, it's like a real thing. It's a real thing where you begin to demoralize what he's done on the inside of you because you're looking at what everybody else is flowing in. The Spirit of God has purpose in what he gives you. Because he graces you based on what your assignment is. Your gift is based on your assignment. And that's why it's such a tragedy for you to have gift envy because you're looking at somebody that's operating in something that assignment is different than what yours is. So you mean to tell me you're going to not only embrace that gift, but you're going to give up your assignment in the earth? It's so quiet up in here. So the Bible declares 1 Corinthians 12, 12. But just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we, are, we were all baptized into one body. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. The body does not consist 
of just tongues. It does not just consist of prophecy. I, I, don't, I don't need everybody being a teacher. I don't need everybody prophesying. And understand the context of 1 Corinthians. He's not, he's, the, the message, watch this, although it's broadcast to the whole body of Christ, he is writing in particular to a church. Come on, somebody, in Corinth. And he's saying in this local church, God gives some apostles, some prophets. There are some of you all that's working miracles. There are some of you who speak in tongues. There are some of you that prophesy. And all of these members, make up one healthy body. Why is it that we're trying to all be the ears? Come on, somebody. When God says, I need hands, I need feet, I need eyes, I need other members just as strong in this area as in that. Am I making sense in this place? For the body does not consist of one member, but many. Verse 15, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body, and if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, everybody shout, God arranged. I'm telling you, God arranged this thing. What God is doing in EMCC, he is arranging this right now. Watch this. I have, I have a gift of teaching. I have a gift of teaching. And many of you all, yeah, let me come on down here because I didn't talk to y'all. Uh, many of you all honor this gift, but you dishonor that gift of teaching back there. You late picking up your kids for children's church. You late dropping them off, banging on the door. We ain't opening the door. Come on, they can open up the door. You honor this, but you disrespect that. And watch this. That gift is actually just as important as this gift. Because just like I'm teaching you on your level, they teaching your babies on... So just like you honor this gift, you got to honor that gift because God has arranged the gifts as he has seen fit, as he wills. Those of you all who God has brought to this church, I'm doing gift inventory because I want to know where you fit because you ain't here just to get fat. You ain't here just to get good word. Woo, we sure did have a time today. Pastor preach, girl. What'd he preach about? I don't know, but it sure was good. Anybody ever said that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody ever? Okay, let me ask. Anybody ever heard somebody say that? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. You're not here just to get a word. You're actually here to, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we here to serve. Woo, my, I want to stay up here, but I got to come down. We're here to serve. Many of us are here to be served. Man, oh my God. Now, y'all know these big parties we be putting on, big old things we be putting on. And you stand in line, get your nachos, get your pizza, sit at the table, get your glass, get your drink, eat, have a good old time. Get up, leave your stuff on the table. 
walk past all that trash, and you be seeing my brother. You see Brother King. You see Lab sweating. As a matter of fact, don't nobody sweat in this church like Shallow Gardner. <laughs> don't nobody. When he, it's, when he go outside, it look like he in a shower. See Shallow pushing up chairs, and you be like, ooh, I love my church. <laughs> you go get in your car. You know what that tells me? You didn't come to serve. You came to. And I'm challenging you today that God has given you something. He's placed in your belly a gift for you to be a benefit and service to the house and not just be a leech. Woo-hoo, you going deep, Pastor. And just a recipient of all this good word. Food spiritually and naturally. And are, are y'all, y'all with me? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we are here to serve. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So the Bible declares verse number 18, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Now look at, look at 29. Um, this is good. Are all apostles? We, we know that's no. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with, do all speak with tongues? No. All don't speak with tongues. So this two-class Christianity thing that we kind of got going on, and I'm going to read in just a moment because there is a, there's a teaching that's not biblically sound, and, and this is the teaching that I hear it's just, not, it's just not biblically grounded. The teaching is that there's a difference between the gifts of tongues and the prayer language. And that's not true. Paul says, I speak in tongues more than all of y'all. I sing in tongues. I pray in tongues. I, he goes on to say, uh, I give thanks in tongues. If he was in this day, he could say, I rap in tongues. Come on. Because I got the gift, it's able to express itself in any way that it desires to. So, so it's not sound biblical doctrine to say there is a gift of tongues and then there's a prayer language. No, if you are praying it's in tongues, it's because it's ignited by the gift of tongues. It's quiet up in here. But I want to free some people who are amazingly gifted and talented in other areas and the devil and some of our other Christian brothers are giving you this, this idea that you are not spiritual enough because you haven't manifested this one out of 26 gifts. The devil is absolutely a liar. Verse number 31, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. Everybody shout the higher gifts. Paul says, I want you to earnestly desire the higher gifts. What, 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 what is the higher gift? The higher gift is the gift that's relevant to your assignment. That's what the higher gift is. It's the one that's, I, I had, I received the word, a prophetic word, um, that God was elevating deliverance ministry on the inside of you. The man of God, he just kept saying, man, I see deliverance, man, it's, it's like God is just resting deliverance all on you. Watch this. Based on that prophetic word, I changed my prayer for gifts because I do ask and I do pray for gifts. I've been praying late for, lately for the gift of discernment because this is what's been happening. This, this is what's happening. So, so you, usually nine, 
nine times out of ten, if I do an altar call, some, some manifesting, some, something's going to manifest, nine times out of ten. And there are times when things are manifesting, and I'm not sure, so what I'll do, I'll go to somebody who I know in particular has gift of discernment. Sister Jamie, she's one of the individuals, she has a strong gift of discernment. I asked Jamie, Jamie, uh, I'm feeling this, is this right? And she'll tell me, yeah, or, or what, contrary. What's been happening here lately, the past couple of weeks, is that demons just hadn't been manifesting in services. They've been manifesting in my counseling sessions. So I ain't got nobody to ask. I can't be like, hey, you, you a demon? What's your name? So I had to ask God. God intensified my gift of discernment so that I'll be able to know what's there and what's not there. Because there are some folk that's casting out demons that ain't there. That person just need to take their medicine. Ooh, y'all quiet up in here. I said, it's some folk. You ain't got a demon, baby. You need a pill. A pill. If you need an insulin shot, you don't need me to lay my hands on you. Get that insulin. If you bipolar, I don't need to lay hands on you. Pastor, I ain't going to take my medicine. I'm going to believe. No, baby. <laughs> Why you believe in God for your healing? You better take it. Look at your neighbor's neighbor. You better take your medicine. Ooh, y'all meant that. There's sometimes we're trying to cast demons out of people, and they just need to rest. You'd be less moody if you'd get some rest at night. So I asked God, the, the man of God says that God's getting ready to intensify deliverance in your life, and it's happening. I said, God, give me the, the, the higher gift for me right now is not intensifying gifts of tongue, but for me, the higher gift is gift of discernment. I'm challenging some of you all because you are negating the best gift for your life right now because you're trying to please some. Oh, God, help me in this. You're trying to please somebody to look good in front of them, look more spiritual in front of them, and you're actually missing out on what God really has in store for you. Am I making sense in this house? Everybody shout, the higher gift. That's what he told you to ask for. Now, now understand. He, Paul's going to say 1 Corinthians 14 and 1. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. So, yes, the Spirit of God does will gifts, but he also desires for you to yearn for them. And I do. I want the spiritual gifts to manifest in my life. Not to prove anything to anybody, not to look good in front of anybody. No, I want to be more effective in what he's called me to do. You will not believe how many times my kids got busted simply because my wife had a dream. I ain't playing. She'll wake up and be like, I dreamed X, Y, Z. And watch this. I'm so dependent upon my wife's gifts. If she dreamed it, in my head, it's all, I'm already mad at you. Because <laughs> I know what you're going to do. Thank God that she is embracing her gift, not just as a, a first lady, as Pastor I, but as, a, as somebody's mama. 
And I'm telling you today, as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as a mother, God says, I want you to embrace your gifts because you could be more effective relationally if you would walk in the gift that I gave you. Can somebody say amen to that? So what I want to deal with today, in particular, I want to deal with the gifts of tongues, the gifts, gift of tongues. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to highlight spiritual gifts in general, but we're going to kind of dissect some of the major gifts that causes confusion in the body of Christ. Today, I want to deal with the gifts of tongues. Gifts of tongues is defined as a God-inspired ability to speak a language that is unintelligible to the speaker. It's the ability to speak a language that is unintelligible to the speaker. Now, now, watch this. Um, I was really discounted growing up because I grew up in the church, not throwing stones at my church. love my background. I love it. It, has, it is a part of who I am today. Nevertheless, I grew up in a church where um, if you didn't speak in tongues, it was a sign that you did not have the Holy Ghost. We, we were looking for the evidence of tongues. This, this is what's crazy. This, this is blind, mind-blowing to me. I might lose some of y'all today. I really only started speaking in tongues maybe eight, ten years ago. Like speaking in tongues. Tongues was not the first gift that manifested. The first gift that manifested actually was the gift of miracles. Gift of miracles, then gift of healings. I was about 17, 18 years old. I was walking with this prophet, uh, prophet, prophet, prophet Julian. We used to walk around L.C. Jones. Anybody know about L.C. Jones? Yeah, she said the projects. That's right. I was trying to, you know, <laughs> I ain't going to say it like that. We were walking around the projects, sis. Bill, he would do this. He'd get a group of kids around us. And he would say, I want y'all to watch this. He would point to the biggest cloud in the sky. And he said, I want y'all to count from 10 all the way down to 1. And so we would count 10, 9, 8. And this big old huge cloud would literally disintegrate just like this into nothing. One day we walk in, just me and him, and he says, Greg, you see that cloud? Make it disappear. Whole bunch of clouds around it just as one. He picks it out. And I do exactly what I've seen him do, and it manifested in me. I walked with him for about a year, and he said, before he left, he was getting ready to go out of town. I didn't know he was gone for real, but he was gone. Before he left, he looked at me, and he says, I left you a gift. That's what he told me. I didn't know what the gift was. I asked him, what is it? He said, you'll find out. Well, I did find, find out. The next time somebody prayed for me that was sick, they instantly got healed. Wasn't speaking in tongues, but gift of miracles was manifesting, gift of healings was manifesting, and of course my teaching gift was already in effect. About eight years ago, gift of tongues fell on me. And I found out, I didn't know, that tongues is actually a language. So when I begin to speak in tongues, ooh, I begin to question a whole bunch of folk that did. 
Let me tell you why. My baby girl, Charity, Charity in here? Charity in here? Hey, my baby girl, she just went up like four points on her ACT. Can y'all make some noise for my baby? Yep. She took after her daddy. That first score was after her mama. Watch this. My baby, very intelligent. But if she walked around and said ABC, ABCD, ABCD, and that's all she said, I would probably say she's retarded. Now, I'm not going to say individuals are spiritually retarded. If you got a gift of tongues or you claiming a gift of tongues, either one or two things need to happen. Number one, you need to either develop your language or number two, stop lying and actually embrace the gift God gave you. I'm going to say that one more time. If you have a gift of tongues, if I begin to pray in tongues right now, I would literally exclude everybody in the room. Because when I pray in tongues, it's a place that I go. It builds up my human spirit. It is actually a language. It's not a few syllables. I'm saying this because I'm your pastor and I love you. If you're actually claiming this as a gift, I'm challenging you. You need to develop your language because it is a language. It's a message from God. And the language is either building your spirit or... He's going to give you an interpretation, and the interpretation is a message that you give in English. So develop your language, or again, if you like I was in my early days, not, not, I ain't going to ask y'all that, but I tell you, I don't fake tongues before. <laughs> I had to fake it to get them off of me. Okay, I ain't studying y'all. I ain't studying y'all. I'm going to go to this side. They, bro, they weren't going to leave me alone until I said she coming in a Honda, Mitsubishi, Mercedes. -B. They weren't going to leave me alone until I said so. I've been on this altar for five hours. I'm, I'm hungry. He got it, y'all. I got it, and I'm hungry. I got up off that. He got it, y'all. I ain't had nothing. I had a meal on the way. <laughs> Am I making sense in this place? It's an actual language. It can be in heavenly language or a, a, an earthly language. When you, in, in the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, they actually speak in a earthly languages. When we get to 1 Corinthians 14... It is what's known as heavenly or angelic language. Let me show you the text. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, verse num number 1. Paul says, if I speak in the tongue of men's men and of angels. So he's telling us that there are two forms of tongues. Two forms of tongues. I, I personally, I, great, this is great. I personally have never spoken in another earthly language. But I will tell you this. If I was embracing gifts of tongue as a major gift, which it is not a major gift in my life, but if I was embracing tongues as a major gift, I would be pursuing speaking in both heavenly language and another language. I'd be waiting on the day where I have a conversation with Sister Yuka in Japanese. Y'all looking at me crazy. 
But I'm telling you, there are some of you all, you got the gift, I mean, you really got the gift of tongues, but you ain't even explored the depths and the breadths of how deep you can actually go in this particular gift. Some of y'all just used it to impress folk. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. The one who speaks in a tongue, this is why I speak in tongue. This is why I pray in tongue. I prayed in tongue this morning. I, I, I do it for self-edification because I want to build my own self up. Tongues that are given with interpretation becomes prophecy. I rarely use tongues for interpretation because the gift of tongues has manifested, but not the gift of interpretation. There is a great temptation that enemy will try to put on me to try to show out and speak in tongues, but I often resist it because I'm not using it to build people. I'm using it to build Greg. Now, if you're going to use it to build people, then you need to be, and I really appreciate John. I really appreciate John. Spirit of God was resting upon John. I don't even know the testimony. He'll tell me later. I appreciate the fact that my man dropped the mic as he began to speak in tongues because if he could have continued to hold the mic here, I would have been looking for an interpretation. Man, can we just, can we teach the word of God? Now, 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 listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I, 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 vet, I vet major doctrinal issues for my speakers and communicators that come to the house. I, I don't critique them on every revelation that I got concerning the word of God. They, they are people who have sound doctrine, and there are times when they do things that I'm like, eh, I wouldn't do that like that. I, so, so what I'm doing is, for the house, for the folk in the house, I want you to know what we are doing in the house. By the same token, when you go to somebody else's house and you're called to minister, encourage, exhort, preach, teach, reach, you can have wisdom when you go. And here is the wisdom. If you're going to speak in tongues for a long period of time, come on, somebody, either you need to pass the mic or drop the mic. Or if you're going to speak, let there be an interpretation, either yourself or somebody else grabs the mic and actually interpret what it is that you're saying. Because if that's not happening, I'm not anti-tongues. I'm not anti-tongues. I believe that that is one of, the, one, of the, one of the manifestations when the Holy Ghost of God falls. He did what was right. If you're going to continue to flow in tongues, go ahead and edify yourself, man. Because if you hold the mic, if I hold the mic right now for the next 15 minutes and speak in tongues, nobody's going to be uplifted but Greg. And the only way you will be uplifted is you actually tune me out and you go in yourself. But doing what I'm doing right now, speaking in a language that everybody understands, everybody is being challenged and everybody is being encouraged. Am I making sense? So he says, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in the tongue builds up himself but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues. I love it. Paul says, 
I want all of y'all to speak in tongues, and I'm saying your pastor, as your pastor, I actually want all of y'all to speak in tongues. I actually want you to pray that God will give you the gift of tongue. You know why I want you to pray that? I'd have less counseling sessions if you spoke in tongues. Tongues builds up yourself. I, I deal with less discouraged folk if you just, y'all, okay. Gifts of tongues, one of the primary uses is for self-edification. It builds you up in your spirit. Now, understand, Jude 1.20 says, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Let me clarify that. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in tongues is only one form of praying in the Holy Ghost. There's some people that take that particular context and they, they constrict it too tight as if the only way I can pray in the Spirit or pray in the Holy Ghost is by praying in tongues. Well, the gift is just one expression of who the Holy Spirit is. Even without tongues, you know when you don't tap in or not. Are y'all feeling me in this place? So I'm not saying just because you don't pray in tongues, you can't pray in the Spirit. You can't. Okay, go ahead and explain it, Pastor. Explain praying in the Spirit. You are tripartite beings, spirit, soul, and body. The Spirit of God cohabitates with your human spirit. Many of us don't pray in the Spirit. We pray in our soul and our flesh. Many of us pray out of our emotions. Many of us pray out of our fleshly appetites, things that we want. Very few times do many of us actually shut down our fleshly appetites, our soulish desires, and actually tap into the spirit realm to pray what his will is. It don't happen often, but I'm telling you, when it does happen, power manifests in your life. Am I making sense in this place? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So Paul says, I really want all of y'all to speak in tongues, but even more, to prophesy. Why? Why do you, you want all of us to speak in tongues, but you'd rather that we actually all prophesy? And the reality is, let, let me hear you, let me, listen to me, let me, listen to me, listen, listen to me. The, the, the truth is, I, I embrace, I have the gift of teaching, and there are other gifts that I have within my spiritual inventory that I'll tell you about later. But the reality is, is not that I really have the gift of teaching, I actually have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And because I have the gift of the Holy Spirit, I actually have access to all 26. Right now, you have the, no, no real talk, real talk. When I get ready to pray for somebody, on Charlotte, you know what I ask for? I ask for the gift of healing to manifest. So why wouldn't you ask for the same thing? Huh? When I'm getting ready to minister, I ask for this gift to activate, this gift of teaching, this gift of exhortation. I ask for it to manifest. When I'm getting ready to pray for people, I ask for word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and prophecy to manifest. Because I hear what you're telling me, what you want me to pray for, but I want something deep. I want to be more accurate and more target, so I'm asking the Holy Ghost to highlight these gifts so I'll be able to see and rightfully give the prescribed word that needs to be given. He says, I want you to all speak in tongues, but even more, I want you to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. 14 and 6. Now, brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? 9. Yeah. So, you're, so with yourselves, if with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said 
for you will be speaking into the air. Hmm. 13. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret it. Now, that, now that's something that I don't do, that I'm even convicted to start doing, because tongues can be used for self-edification. It also can be used for a message. So when I pray in tongues, this, this scripture here is challenging me, and I'm challenging those of you all who actually pray in tongues, speak in tongues, ask God for the interpretation, because your spirit is actually being built up just by you speaking, but there could be greater manifestations if you had accurate information in English of what God actually wanted to do. Watch this. When I pray in tongues, I feel he want to do something, but when he gives me the interpretation, I know exactly what it is that he wants to do. Therefore, one who speaks in tongues should pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will, look at this, I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. So Paul says with this same gift of tongues, I can pray in tongues, I can sing in tongues, I can give praise in tongues. Understand, there is no difference between gift of tongues and praying in the spirit. They're the same. You don't, you don't pray in tongues unless you got the gift of tongues. It's on our foundational text. The Bible declares, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, there would, where would be the body? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are actually indispensable. Now, this, is, this is interesting because um, when I started ministering, uh, I was already at a disadvantage because of my gift set, in the people's eyes anyway, okay? So let, let me tell you guys the difference between preaching and teaching, because we, we actually, we, we don't, we, we don't, many of us don't understand the difference between, many of us think the difference between preaching and teaching is style. Style, like right now I'm teaching. But if I was a tune up, ah. Ooh, he preaching now, nah, girl, he preaching, no. Biblically, this is the difference between preaching and teaching. Teaching is comprehension of a concept and transmitting that concept to another at their level of comprehension. That's teaching. Whereas preaching is not just a transmission of information, but it is transmission of information with an expectation of response. So usually those who preach primarily have a gift of exhortation accompanying their preaching. Those who teach usually just have the gift of teaching, and it's an amazing ability, I'm telling you. It blows my mind, not just what God shows me, but how I'm able to communicate it to people. That's, what, that's why y'all sitting here right now, because stuff I've said in the past actually makes sense. Like, man, when he say something, I get it. It's my gift that you're receiving. 
So I was like the only teacher in my circle, both churches that I grew up in, down here and in Hattiesburg. I was like really like one of the only teachers. Most of the other people were exhorters, was their primary gift. So when they get the pulpit, they, they communicate, they communicate in a way that not, it just didn't make you get it, but they communicated in a way that raised you to respond. Okay? So I'm already at a downfall because I ain't got it. My own church, I was at a downfall, not only because of that, I didn't speak in tongues. When I go to Hattiesburg, I'm at a downfall there because tongues is not the major gift, prophecy is. And I wasn't prophesying. I was laying hands on sick folk, I was performing miracles, but there was this two-class Christianity. Watch this, you got the other ministers here with this great gift of exhortation, but you got little Greg down here, he's just a teacher. Do you know how many times I've heard that in my life? He's just a teacher. He's just a teacher. So watch this. One day I got hungry, pop for the right reason. I was watching Apostle Beard prophesy. I, I was watching him prophesy. And as he was prophesying, I'm seeing this lady break, breaking. I'm talking about it's like something was happening on the inside of her. And I, I said, I, at that moment, I pray. I said, God, I want to be able to bless people like that. It wasn't about what folk were saying about me. No. I want to add this to my inventory. And before I get those words out of my life, out of my mouth, Apostle Beard points his finger at me and he says, Pastor McGee, from this day forth, you will prophesy. The next Sunday, I got the microphone and I did something I had never done before. I did exactly what I saw him do. He would get up and he'd preach 30, 45 minutes. And after he finished preaching, he'd begin to prophesy one by one by one by one by one. I'll never forget one of, the men, one of my brothers came to me and he said, man, apostle watched the service and heard the service. He said, you one of the sharpest prophets he's ever seen. I'm like, what? <laughs> get out of town. Every time I'd get up, I'd teach, preach, and when I'm done, I'd begin to prophesy. Bam, 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 bam. Until one day, it stopped. Now, this is what's funny. When it stopped, the people stopped responding to me the way they used to. Because evidently, I ain't knowing it like I used to be because I don't prophesy at the end of service. Like, it started, I used to try to work that thing up. Stand up, man of God. God's going to bless you. I don't know what he's going to bless you with. He's going to bless you. I don't know. It stopped. People start looking at me. Two-class Christianity. Church here was gift of tongues. So you got gift of tongues, you here. If you ain't got tongues, you down here. In Hattiesburg, it wasn't gift of tongues. It was prophecy. You prophesying, you up here. Well, I was doing good for a minute, but I stopped prophesying. I don't... I stopped prophesying, and I'm discouraged until one day I'm talking to Prophet Gary, and I'm in tears because I'm like, I want this gift back. I never forget what he said. He said it ain't went nowhere. God combined it with your teaching. This is what he said. Do you know how many people come to you and ask you, 
It's like you've been following me all week, Pastor. You've been in my window. Mother say that all the time. God gives me these crazy analogies. He gives me these messages that are in target with where the people are. He took this ability to comprehend information and minister it at that level of comprehension, and he tied it to word of knowledge and prophecy. So I'm more than just a professor. I really am a teacher, and my message is relevant to where the people are right now. So the question is, Pastor McGee, are you going to embrace the prophetic teacher that you are? Or are you going to give up this operation and sell out and try to be like somebody else because it's more glorified when you do it that way? I wonder, are you going to recognize and pursue the gifts the Holy Spirit has for you? Or are you going to deny the gift set that you have and pursue a higher gift that somebody else might have going after their destiny? The devil is absolutely a liar. Let me show you what God did. Thank you, Jesus. I'm almost done. Verse number 22, which are more presentable parts. Verse 22, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker. Everybody shout weaker. It's weaker, seem to be weaker. He didn't say it's weaker. It seemed to be weaker. It's actually indispensable. You can't do it without it. And there's some of you guys, you don't have the big, bold, boisterous uh, uh, gifts that somebody else may have, but we can't do without your gift. The, the who, who's teaching children's church in the back? Who's, who's one of the teachers? Sister Alicia's in the back teaching children's church. She's not on the stage in front of this body of people. She's back there with about 30, 40-something kids. And I'm telling you right now, I can't do without it. Just imagine if 40 more kids was up. First of all, it'd be real hot, praise the Lord. Second, it'd be a whole bunch of clowning up in here because they ain't paying attention. So her gift, according to the text, it actually seems to be weaker. And that's where, how it was for me when I was growing up in ministry. Because I had a teaching gift, it seemed to be weaker. It's a gift that can't be done without it. Verse number 23, in those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our presentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Which, 24, and I'm done, which our more presentable parts do not require, but God. Everybody shout, but God. Shout again, but God. But God has composed the body giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. What's happening in my life right now, you're seeing before your eyes, God giving a greater honor to a part that lacked it. For years, I wasn't looked at or viewed at as a relevant gift. But God in his wisdom says, I will make sure that you are honored if you will be faithful to the gift that you got. I long for the gift of exhortation, but it's not my gift. When me and my wife, we up here ministering, my wife, she really has a strong gift of uh, uh, exhortation. She has a very strong gift of exhortation. 
I don't have a strong gift of exhortation. I have a strong gift of teaching. So when you see us on the stage, watch this. I compose the message, and I usually give the message to my heart points either Saturday night or Sunday morning. I spend all week with the message because that's how my gift works. My wife, she sees a phrase and she can run with it. The reality is, if I gave her the message Monday, she might mess it up. She'll overthink it. I don't seem to do that, too. She'll overthink it. I'll be like, why you do that? Nine times out of ten, she gets it Saturday night, Sunday morning, because that's how her gift works. God has gifted every last one of you all. You are unique, and the devil is absolutely a liar. That's a word that God gave me. I want to pray. That's a word that God gave me. I, I need you to hear me. There's a word that God gave me that has been spoken to some of you in this house. Some of you all from just background of this two-class Christianity of not being enough, you know, because you this, because you that. And the word is, you are not good enough. That, that's the word that God spoke to me concerning an individual that are right now being troubled. Because that word has been spoken to you. For some of you all, it's a, it, the enemy has actually told you that. You heard the enemy tell you. It's, it, it came to you in your thought, I'm not good enough. For some of you all, somebody actually verbally told you that. You are not good enough. Who are those individuals? If you're in this place, raise your hand. I see you. I see you. I see you. If you don't mind, I want to pray with you. Those individuals that you have received this word in some form or fashion, you are not good enough. Come, come real quickly, real quickly. Here, right here. Good, right here. This is what I know. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to lay hands on you. God told me, Pastor, God told me it's a spiritual attack. It is an attack of the enemy. And it is a lie from the pits of hell. It is a lie from the pits of hell. And today, God is going to break the power of those words. This is what happened to me. God spoke this to me about Wednesday or Thursday of this week. And I took the word and I texted to myself. I text the word to myself. A couple of hours later, I'm in the house and I'm just kind of moving around. And I pick up the phone because somebody texts me. And I actually read the word, you are not good enough. And when I read the word, it actually penetrated me. Like I felt the power of that word. And if you've been feeling like that feeling I felt like, 
right then, I understand why you're discouraged. I understand why some of you right now are like half suicidal, want to quit, want to walk away from everything right now. If you've been receiving that lie, but today it's going to be broken in the name of Jesus. Today, today it's going to be broken in the name of Jesus. I need my altar intercessors to come to my, side, my right and my left, my altar intercessors. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey. 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 Those of you all that are seated, I want you to be believing God because something miraculous is getting ready to happen at this altar today. There are some people that's getting ready to be set free in the name of Jesus. Spirits of discouragement are getting ready to be broken. The, that, that, that stronghold that the enemy has been using to torment your mind, that thing that even won't even let you get up out of the bed in the morning, God's getting ready to break the power of the enemy now in the name of Jesus. My altar intercessions, I want y'all to pray in twos now. Pray, 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 pray. I just want you to be in a posture of prayer. Get in a posture of receiving. Hey, posture of receiving now. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go.